You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Dad, you taught me that the most important thing a father can leave to his kids is not what he leaves for them, but what he leaves in them. You operated heavy machinery by day and a tiny toothbrush by night. You lifted me up even higher than you could lift yourself. You told me stories of warriors and dragons, not to convince me that dragons were real, but to show me that evil can be overcome. You mastered the art of carrying a sleeping child, fixing little toys, and making the perfect sandwich. You showed me that you don't have to have superpowers to be a superhero. You knew that there is no quality time without quantity time. You cleaned up my messes, impersonated my favorite animals, and wiped away my tears. You understood that your greatest gift to our family was not your productivity, but your presence. You were focused, but interruptible, brave, but compassionate, strong, but gentle, because there is nothing so strong as gentleness, and nothing so gentle as real strength. Thanks, Dad. everybody. Happy Father's Day to all our dads out there. It's fabulous to see you here worshiping with us this morning. Let's go ahead and stand together and, uh, and we'll get started uh, on our worship service this morning, turning our attention and our focus to the Lord today. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you laid down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory. Who rules the whole earth with truth and justice? 
shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You lay down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me. Good morning. Welcome to Ebenezer. We're glad that you're here this morning. Um, happy Father's Day. Uh, it is good to be in this place, isn't it? To, to worship and celebrate what God has done. Uh, this morning, I just want to let you know a couple of things. Um, first of all, please check your bulletin for different opportunities to, to serve and be part of things. Even though that we're not meeting in the building on a regular basis at this point, except for worship, there are things that are happening, such as camps and vacation Bible school and things like that. So I would encourage you to check that out. The other thing is part of the insert this morning, you see a card, and it's specifically for guys. Um, we're going to be giving away Michael's book this morning at the end of the service. Uh, there are tables on both sides as you leave the building. And we'd ask you to fill out the registration card that asks for your name, address, phone number, and your email. And if you would fill that out, just leave the card on the table. We'll give you a book. Encourage you to go through that, and you'll hear more about that as we go throughout the morning. Um, Michael Thompson is here. He's um, part of Zoe Ministries and founder of Zoe Ministries, and he's going to be sharing this morning about a father's heart. So I would encourage you, one, to pray for him, and then um, connect with Zoe and the things that are available, especially for dads and men. Um, that's one of the reasons he's giving the book away this morning and we're collecting those cards is because we're looking forward to what God's going to do in men's ministry in the in late summer and early fall. So uh, so be part of that. Turn in that card. And just as a, as a way to um, expand that, um, if you have a, a son or a spouse that's not here or a father that's not here, and you still want to get the book for them, if you would fill out the card with their information and place that on the table, go ahead and take a book and take that to them. So let's go ahead and pray this morning, and we'll continue in our time of worship. Father, we thank you so much for being the dad that you are. God, it's good when we look at Scripture that we can call you Almighty God, but we can also call you Daddy. And so, Father, thank you for being the one that has surrounded us and loves us beyond measure. Father, the one that has provided for our salvation. And God, as you teach us how to be dads, 
as you teach us how to navigate this world. Father, I pray that you would um, that you would just speak this morning. Speak through Michael. Continue to speak through our worship time. Father, in all of that, that you would be glorified. You would be lifted up and exalted in this place. And Father, may your name be famous. May it be praised around the world this morning, even as folks are watching from overseas. And so, God, we love you. We do praise you. God, we want you to be in charge this morning. And by your spirit, just take over this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just continue to worship this morning, knowing that whatever we come up against, whatever we face, we have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of us. That's the power that overcame death and hell and the grave and uh, gives us victory in everyday life. I can see the waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. The same power that commands the dead to wake. Lives in us. Lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks. The same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us. Lives in us. Lives in us. Lives in us. We have hope. That his promises are true in his strength. There is nothing we can do. Yes, we know there are greater things in store. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. The same power that commands the dead to wake lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks. The same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us, lives in us. Lives in us, lives in us. Greater is he that is living in me. He's conquered our enemy. No power of darkness, no weapon prevails. We stand here in victory. Greater is he that is living in me. He's conquered our enemy. No power of darkness, no weapon prevails. We stand here in victory. Oh, in victory. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. The same power that commands the dead to wake lives in us, lives in us. 
The same power that moves mountains when he speaks. The same power that can calm our agency lives in us, lives in us, lives in us, lives in us. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb oh there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. So I wanted to bring that song in at the end just to remind us all that the power that we have is not in ourselves, that there's nothing we can do in our own strength that's going to conquer our enemies, that's going to give us the victory that God promises us. It's all when we lean in on Him and depend on the truth of what He's done for us when, that we didn't earn, that we didn't deserve, that we could never accomplish on our own. And we just praise Him and thank Him um, for that amazing gospel story that we have to tell um, that speaks of our redemption and the victory that we have through Him. Souls of all who 
to the Father are restored. Church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now the gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not fade. By His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Praise forever to the King of kings. Almighty God, thank you so much for choosing to come and, uh, and die on the cross to, to redeem us. Father, thank you for rising so that we can have power and victory over death and over sin and over our enemy. God, we praise you, we worship you, and thank you for that this morning. God, be honored in the rest of our service. Teach us from your word. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Ebenezer Church family. Thank you, Bob, Jeremiah, Isaiah, for letting me come and be a part of this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to me, right? Come on, let's do that again. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, good. I mean, this is a tough job, this father thing, right? Uh, and, and I have three, actually four now with a, with a son-in-law, um, right? Keeping them alive is, a, is an accomplishment, you know? And, and yet, showing them the way of life, the way, the truth, and the life, that's, that's another thing altogether, isn't it? It's one of the hardest jobs in the universe. And I remember when my first was born. She's 27, so I was thinking about this yesterday, and here my wife and I are, you know, young 20-somethings, and we're heading over to Rex Hospital, and this was the beginning of what I might would call the, like the birthing rooms, right? I mean, my wife was born in a Navy hospital, and I was almost born on the side of the road, actually, you know. So here we are in this, it's kind of a five-star place. You know, they're bringing us food, they're checking on us. You know, it was, it was like being waited on. You know, every now and then there was this contraction thing that kind of interrupted our vacation. But, you know, so then the room just changes when it's time, right? And um, now dads, my dad wasn't in the room, and he's very grateful, he says, to this day that he wasn't. I was in the room and saw this whole thing go down, right? I'm a dad. It was beautiful. It was hard. It was wild. We, we went, we decided, you know, we were those parents that were a little nervous, the first contractions. So apparently we were like 29 hours early when we got to the hospital. We were walking the halls, you know, to try to help things move along. And so here she comes, right? Ashley's born. And they bring her to us, you know, for the feeding. They, they take her away. She, my wife's getting rest. I mean, it was, it was eventful. Um, and I'm getting rest because it was eventful for me too, right? And um, so... Well, about two days, not even quite two days later, they kind of wheel Ashley in and say, well, Thompson's, you, you, you're good to go. And I'm like, where? Home. They want us to take this child home. I'm, I, is, are any of the wait staff, any of the nurses, anybody going to come with us? Right? All the manuals that we read, 
all the preparations that we made to be a mom and a dad, right? They send that child home with us. I got to admit, I was ill-prepared, ill-trained, ill-equipped for this thing called fatherhood. Now, if you're a father in the room or just a, a, we, we look at our fathers, some of, them, some of them paved the way, some of them really gave us uh, a model. And if we're honest men, some of our dads, it, it didn't go so well. But every, every man who becomes a dad, you are pioneering, no matter what your inheritance and what your engagement with your dad was or wasn't. You are pioneering, and it is frontier. It is frontier. It is on-the-job training, isn't it? Learning as you go. So this morning, what I want to do is just share some things that I've learned in that frontier. And if I could, I, I would, what would be really great is just to kind of shut it all down, right? Shut the simulcast down. Hello to all of our friends who are, who are engaged and watching us around the world. Thank you for joining us for these, this Father's Day celebration, right? This, this event where we, we recognize men as, in their role as dads. And, and hopefully this morning we can encourage one another. But like I said, I would love to shut it down and just tell stories of what we've learned in this frontier of, of, uh, of being fathers and fatherhood. So for this morning, maybe I could just share three. Three things that I have found on the frontier of fatherhood that I think I wish I had known earlier, right? Don't we say that? that as, as we grow old, boy, I wish I had learned this earlier. You know, I wish I had gotten this when I was younger. But at the same time, if it was a, if it was a teaching or a book, it's still, it's still on the job training. It's still in the battle that we, that we find out what is true and how important it is for us to walk with God as dads, as we father. So three things I just want to talk about this morning, three secrets I found that are very, very helpful to being a, to being a, a, a good dad and to fathering well. Number one, dads, we got to get our hearts back. We got to get our hearts back. Two, we need to get oriented. We need to get oriented into the larger story that our story is in, dads. Because guess who's in that story too? Your kids. Everybody that we know. We're all in this same larger story. And number three, those two are so helpful to number three, we've got to engage in the battle for the fight for our children's hearts. Getting into the fight for our kids' hearts. Let me pray. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege to be here, for the privilege to come together, for moving us through this larger story, especially these last challenging chapters of these last difficult days. We pray, uh, Father, just the privilege to call you Father and to be, and to be known in the, in the same name on this earth, in this space as, as earthly fathers. What a privilege to share that, that, that idea, that title, that role. Thank you for every assignment that you've given to the dads in the room, where if we're not dads yet, the, the opportunity of maybe one day becoming, and yet we, we all have a father. And we all have a heavenly father. So I pray this morning, Father, that you would bless, bless, bless our time, that you would communicate, that you, Holy Spirit, would move and Jesus, you would be glorified in our time together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wanna, I'm going to touch on a, on a parable. Uh, our, our current world, our current day parables are, are often film clips, right? They're, they're teaching us often about parts of the kingdom and how it works. And so I found a couple from the film Dreamer. 2005, Kurt Russell, Dakota Fanning, horse movie. It's about a father and a daughter and a horse. And, and he's a horse trainer. Uh, ben Crane, played by Kurt Russell, he's a, he's a horse trainer. And he has an accident. His horse has an accident on the, on the racetrack. And, it, and, and from there, the Crane family starts to deteriorate. His identity is shaken badly in his role. And, and because of the loss that they're experiencing, in their home. This is a great story. It's a redemption story, right? All stories 
are in happily ever after. Why? Why are those good parables for us? Because our story ends happily ever after. But in the middle, in this time, this story is taking the turns that all of our stories do. And as a dad, Ben Crane is, is suffering under the pressure of, of provision and protection of his family. And so we're going to jump in. The accidents have already happened. He's, he's drifting. He's, a, he's lost at this point. And we're going to enter into her classroom where it's parents' night. Remember parents' night, Dad? Right? Where all the other uh, parent gatherings and get-togethers at school. So Ben Crane has to go to his daughter's school, and they're sharing essays that the children have written. The parents are actually reading them. The kids aren't there. This is an evening of parents together. And you're going to see Ben Crane read Kale's letter. And just like every dad needs in order to get his heart back, there's sobering moments, kind of smelling salts come. God comes and reminds us who we are and that we're needed in the story as dads. And this is what happens to Ben. Ben Crane. Yes, ma'am. I'd love you to read Kale's story. It's very inventive. It's right there in the blue folder. Come on up. Uh, once upon a time, there was a noble king. He lived in a beautiful castle overlooking green fields. An evil storm cast darkness over his castle, and before he knew it, dark nights had begun to take away his kingdom one piece at a time. But our king was a warrior, and he knew that if he could find his magic horse, he could restore the kingdom to greatness. He was not like most kings. He was quiet and kind. Everyone loved the king, which he may not have known. He searched and searched and finally rescued his horse from a raging river. But by the time he'd freed his horse, his kingdom was gone and he had given up. But the horse knew better than he. The horse took him over mountain ranges and across raging rivers. When it finally looked like they would die, the horse asked him to trust him. The king didn't know if the horse had really spoken to him or he just hadn't had anything to eat in a few days. <laughs> Not soon after the horse attempted to climb a mountain so steep the king was sure it would be their deaths. But the horse reached the top. And at the top they found his kingdom restored. Those who loved him greeted the king with pie and coffee. Thank you, Crane. You keep these? Yes. I love that. You see, our kids are in our lives to teach us how to love. And, and every man gets a little lost along the way. The enemy's that good at it. Did you see it was, the, it was the darkness that was taking his kingdom apart piece by piece? I mean, th that parable is so true. Except we have an incredible savior rather than a horse, right? To come and rescue us. But it's pointing to things that are true. Did, did you see him sober up? Did you see him come to his senses as he read her, her paper? What a gift. They're in our lives to teach us how to love. And in Kale's paper, she was revealing to her dad how she sees him. And it touched a part of his heart that needs to come back, to be fully alive. Because that's what our children need, is, is dads who are fully alive, wholehearted, who know who they are, who they are in the kingdom because our Father 
is fathering us. When I think about getting my heart back, I, I think, well, why? Why, dads, is that the place to start? Why is that the first secret? Now, many of us, probably none of us have flown in the last several months, right? But if you've ever flown, there is a little safety announcement that comes at, at the beginning of the flight, kind of pre-flight. You know it? Right? The, attendant, the flight attendant gets on the intercom and says, now, in case of the sudden loss of, of, cap, of, of oxygen, right, the cabin, the cabin pressure, that oxygen masks will fall, and when they do, just pull on the cord. And what do they say, dads? Put on your oxygen mask first. Why? Well, right, as dads, we sit there with our, hey, honey, I will put yours on first. You're more important. No, 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 why, why, do, they, why do they reverse the order on us? Because we're not any help to them if we're not alive. And so that's why we must get our hearts back first. We must tend to this spiritual organ, right? That Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, above all else, what's that mean? Priority number one, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. It's, it's from our hearts. We're not talking about the Hallmark card heart. We're not talking about the Cupid heart. We're talking about the biblical heart. This is the core of, a, of an image bearer, of a human being, the place that we can reason, the place that we can love, the place that God is after, as well as, I'll talk about in just a minute, the enemy. That's why we start there, the restoration of our heart. Because before we can love them really well, navigating this fallen place that we're in and that they're in, we need to be loved well. We need to receive from God the love that we need in order to offer. Does that make sense? It's very challenging to offer somebody something that you don't have, that you don't possess, that you don't know, that you haven't experienced. So to be loved by God, to be fathered by God, that, that's how we get our hearts back, dads, and that is the, that's why that's foundational then to fathering well and navigating this place called fatherhood. Be loved by God so that we can get everything out of the way that's in the way of loving them because they're in our lives to love. Does that make sense? This transference that's, that's how fatherhood is on display, us being loved. I want to hit this real quick one second. We know the greatest commandment, right? In Luke 10, love the Lord your God with all your heart. There's the heart again. Mind, soul, and strength. It sh it, there should be a parenthesis in there. Love the Lord your God back. We say this at our, at our family a, a lot, okay? When, when the kids or I or my wife and I say, hey, love you, love you back. Who loves the most? Who loved first? Who's love? Who is love? John says. He is. And he's loving us to wholeheartedness. Because let's face it, dads, our journey, even before being a father, we've lived in this fallen space. We've lived in this fallen space. And in this war, nobody's immune from the wounding and, and, and being a casualty from time to time. So love is so critical. 1 John 4.10, this is real love, not that we loved God. Wait, I, I thought Jesus said, love the Lord your God. Yes, it's, it's the both sides of the coin. He loves us first. 1 John 4.10, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin, right? To take everything out of the way that's in the way of us loving one another. First John 4, 8 tells us God is love. Our kids need dads with whole hearts, living from the fullness of being loved by God. And this is a work over time. This is a work over time to become wholehearted. I remember when one of the, like, like Ben Crane, one of those papers kind of came to me one, on one event where 
my kids, uh, Ashley was eight, I think Hannah was six, and then Abby would have been five. So they were, they were younger. They were at the grandparents. And Robert and I were getting a couple days away, a couple, one of those things that grandparents can do, right? And so when we picked them up, I'm, we're, we're, I get home. I picked them up in Greens, dropped them off in Greensboro, came back home a couple days later with them. And I get a, this is back to uh, before all the cell phones were, were rolling, but I get a phone call. It's my mother-in-law, and she says, well, I thought we'd left something, right? We'd left a, a bag or one of the kids' things, and what did we forget, right? And she says, can I talk to you about something? And she began to explain literally a story at the kitchen table of spilt milk. And she said that one of my girls had said, don't tell dad. And she said, well, sweetheart, why? Because he'll get mad. You see, anger, right, frustration. My little girls didn't know that I was upset about the mess. They thought and felt and, and came to believe they were the mess. Anger is, is, is one of those things the enemy really wants to use in a, in a dad's life so that his kids misinterpret and misunderstand how he sees them, how he views them, and it can get in the way. Many of us can look at our fathers and go, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was, it was one of the kindest, most uncomfortable phone calls I've ever been in, inviting me to see something that's in the way of loving them. And so God and I began to explore that and unravel a bit of that in my false self. That part of me that isn't me, that flesh, but it will work in any given moment, given the, given the opportunity. With God's help, we can recover and pay attention and ask questions. Learn how the kingdom works. Learn who we are in it. But dads, in addition to getting your heart back, as I move into number two, becoming oriented, that's, that's a story of orientation and how this works. And sadly, just like as, as boys, dads, we were wounded by our fathers, mothers, authority figures. Unfortunately, I've wounded my kids. But getting oriented is, is the next big secret Understanding how the larger story works so that you don't get used by the enemy to wound your kids, but rather you can partner with God to love them to life. And so to become oriented, getting oriented, that's secret number two. An oriented man is a man who knows who he is, where he is, and the good that God is up to in his life. So what's a disoriented man? Or a disoriented father, right? Right? one who doesn't know who he is, isn't being something in the way of being fathered, and so it, it's hard for him to father and love well. Secondly, he doesn't know the larger story that he's in. The love story that we're in, you know that's our story. We're in the greatest love story. But we're also over here in world war. It's the love story in the midst of the greatest battle, this conflict. Guess what the fight is over? Two kingdoms are fighting over what? You, your heart. That's why we want to get it back. We don't want the enemy to have any access in any way because it's going to get in the way of our fathering and our, and our, and our loving. So we desperately need to get oriented. You have to see the larger story. Do you know that your fatherhood is violently opposed? Because guess whose idea was family and fatherhood anyway? The father's. He's cutting keys. He's passing this along. He's giving you a role and an assignment to love well, to navigate this fallen space. So doesn't it make sense that if the enemy can take down the king, he gets the kingdom. He gets them. And this thing passes along, right? The inheritance. That's, that's why we can walk with God and partner with God and get our hearts back, and then begin to see the larger story and how it works. 
I mean, Ephesians 5, right? This is, this is not a traditional fatherhood passage, but I think it should be. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Right? Knowing. Right? Knowing. Here's, here's the Amplified. Let me read that one. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, not as the unwise, but as the wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of every opportunity, making the most of your time, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity to love your kids, to be wise, to live with wisdom and in diligence, because the days are evil. Aren't you glad that this passage is, ex is expired, first century only? This is very much our landscape. The days are evil, so we need oriented men, oriented fathers, right? It's just a chapter later that Paul really talks about the, the armor that we need, the equipment that we're going to... Peter talks about it, right? The disciples all talk about this landscape. Peter, in 1 Peter 5, what's he, what's he say about Satan? A roaring lion looking for someone to devour, right? Looking for a kingdom to crumble. And John, back in, in 1 John 4, he calls us overcomers. What's that imply? That there's something to overcome. And it's not just you messing up. That's not it. It's the unholy trinity. Satan and all, and all, the, and all the demonic this false self-flesh thing, this imposter that we contend with as men. And then this fallen place, right? C.S. Lewis says we, we are on enemy-occupied territory. That's good for a dad to know. That's good for a dad to know and understand. And John, when he says that we're to overcome, and he also says he who's in us is greater than he that's in the world, right? He, he's not... He's not comforting us. He's actually encouraging, imparting courage. You're going to have to overcome and you're going to need to know that you have what it takes to do so. He's inviting us and, and even challenging us to enter into the fight, to get oriented, to know how this works. All right, that's one and two. Get your heart back, get oriented, and let's talk about number three, to get in the fight to get in the fight. Because like I said earlier, your kids live in the same story you do. They're trying to navigate this and they need an oriented, wholehearted father who can show them the way, who can speak to, through the orientation. I want to take you back. This is the next scene when Ben goes home. I'm going to show you how to fight, one way to fight for your kids so I'm going to show you how Ben takes that paper and engages in the fight, and he goes home. Kale's in bed. You'll see. Mistakes, Kale. I'm sorry. So you like the stupid king? Yeah, I like the stupid king. I love the stupid king. He loves you too. I know what you're thinking. Thompson, that didn't look like battle. That was battle. That was engaging in the battle for her heart. 
See, her paper showed her dad a part of her heart and invited him to recover a part of his. So he engages by going up to her room, right? And all the way, I, I've been there. There's, there's a ton of things. I'll just wait till the morning. Now's not the time. Oh, she gets it. It's not that big a deal. If you think every thought is your own, then you are living in a very small story. And to engage in the larger story, you're going to have to become very discerning. What did Solomon ask for? Everybody says wisdom. What he asked for was a wise and discerning heart. I'll give you partial credit for wisdom, though. A wise and discerning heart. We have to see how the information is flowing when it comes to fighting for the hearts of our kids. I love the stupid king, she says. But what did he say before that? I'm sorry. Forgive me. I, I make mistakes. So I just said we, we will wound our kids, but, but part of the fight is, is that they don't live with those wounds for 20 and 30 years. But rather we wipe up the spilled milk. And we assure them that we love them. I love you. Powerful words. I love you. I'm proud of you. And the, 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 the question, the invitation, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? So in fighting for the hearts of your kids, you need to know this. There's two questions that every boy and every girl are asking. Two questions that they are asking. Do you see me? And do you love what you see? Dads, there's the job. Every boy and every girl is asking, do you see me and do you love what you see? Our job, our opportunity is to say yes and yes as often as we can. Now, I'm not saying yes to dad, uh, you know, my daughter's 14. Can I have the keys to the car? That, I, that's not what I'm talking about. Do I see her and do I love what I see? That is the overlay. That is what we're after as dads. How can we answer that question? Our job is to answer yes and yes as many times as we can. And, and boy, if we could figure this out with a system, like, okay, do these things and don't do these. And the crazy thing is I'm about to give you about 10 of those, okay? But th there's an art to this. It's a practice. It's an on-the-job training, like I said at the beginning. Do you see me and do you love what you see? You know why I know that that's what my girls are asking? Because it's the question I've asked. I'm 55, and when I go home to my parents' house, I feel 14 at times. I feel eight at times. Do you see me, Dad? Mom, do you love what you see? Are you proud of me? When am I going to grow out of that? Never. Because as image bearers, we're made for that. We're made to be loved and to love. And that's the job. That's the job, dads. Okay, three don'ts. Let's, those, I know there's guys in here who like lists. Let me, give, let me give you one. Here's three don'ts. Don't stop holding their hands or tucking them in. However old they get, if they won't let you, you know, sit there and play with their hair or rub their back, you get to the doorway and try to be the last face they see and the last voice they hear as often as you can. Don't stop holding their hands and don't stop tucking them in. Number two, be careful. <laughs> be careful what you say. Don't talk bad about their mom and don't talk bad about your other kids don't turn one of your kids into your counselor I've seen it they're not that's not their job be careful don't do that be careful of your words number three don't tell them how to feel who I've learned this one the hard way don't tell them how to feel and I get it right we we want to correct them when they say something I hate my teacher Boom, here comes cor correction, Dad. Don't say that. We don't hate anybody. 
I get it, that's biblical. But you know what I just did? I missed their heart. What did their teacher do? Maybe they embarrassed him or shamed him in class, and I just missed the whole opportunity for the story by telling them how to feel. So as fathers, we want to be curious. Why do you say that, honey? And then they tell us a story. Now we understand. Now we can move into correction. Now we can defend and, and guard their heart. Now we can help them navigate the space because we actually understand what's going on. We didn't jump to a conclusion. That's a tough one. Number three, don't tell them how to feel. I missed many opportunities with my girls in that respect and wanting to recover more and more as we go forward. So those are three don'ts. Six do's. First, let God love you. Secondly, pursue their hearts. Find ways to pursue their hearts. Dads, you need to learn to text. Instead of hating the technology, you need to infiltrate it and find a way to enter in. I just got this new app called Marco Polo. Okay, most of us are going, I didn't even know what it was, but my kids love it. It's a, it's a little video shot of you. I'm like, why can't I just call? Why can't I just text? I am trying to go after their heart. It's, it's, a, it's a way to communicate and, and enter into their space, right? I have an Instagram account. I don't really know what to do with that, but I have one, and I see theirs. You know, I can engage in their world. Technology is a, is a way to pursue their hearts. But, but maybe art is. Maybe music is. How many lessons have I signed my kids up for that they don't play the piano now? But you have to enter into that. You have to try soccer leagues, basketball, coaching teams, whatever it looks like to pursue their hearts. Enter into that. Pray for your kids. Pray for your kids. And if you need a model prayer uh, or, or a way to pray in the warfare sense, then I invite you, to, we'll, we'll give you our website in a minute, that we have a daily prayer that, that and I think actually equips dads to enter into the fray of the spiritual battle over their heart. So pray for your kids. Number four, be a safe place for them. Right? Be a safe place for them. Continue to build that trust. And when somehow, some way, you, you, you find out that you've wounded them, then you get to actually enter in and fight for them, going after their heart. Now, not, their behavior might not be what you would want or what any, any of us would, would desire for our kids, but their heart's in there. Can you navigate the terrain and go after their heart? A great way to do that is number five, soft words, kind words, tenderness, patience. Sounds like the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? As we communicate, we, we speak in, in those tones. And the sixth thing that I think is a big, big help is love their mom. Loving their mom is a great way to love your kids. And I know that we have some broken families and we have some second families or more, but whoever their mom is and wherever she is in your life, regardless of where she is in your life, love her. Be kind, respectful to her. Even if she's somewhere else or in some way else, it's still their mom. I'm going to tell you one more secret. There's about 87 more secrets. And yet each one of my children has their own. They're so different. And I'm, so I'm working on three degrees at Fatherhood University. And you don't graduate. You just stay in class, walk with God, pursue their hearts. We've tried to put a lot of free resources for fathering and, and, and walking well in the kingdom with God. So you can go to our website. There's a, there, we, we do a whole conference on this stuff. And I got 40 minutes right? 50 minutes. So the whole conference on this, we're not going to solve the problem, but maybe we can move in the right direction. So there's some more resources. I'm so excited for Ebenezer going to step into the Heart of a Warrior book. One last story before I wrap up. Um, a few years ago, the Thompsons, of which I'm of that clan, uh, there was 19 of us at um, 
at Disney World for my parents' 50th anniversary. Man, we had the t-shirts and everything. Thompson's 50th, way, way to go, Jim and Sharon. And so we are going into the Magic Kingdom. And it's interesting, you know, Disney World is probably one of the most wounding places I've ever seen between fathers and sons and daughters. Get over here, stop doing that. You eat every bit of that, that costs $10. You, you know, very wounding, the magical kingdom, right? But we're, we're entering in, walking into uh, Main Street. We're moving down. I'm so excited to be there with my girls um, just a few years ago. And, um, and God whispers to me, hold her hand. My oldest is right there to my right. Hold her hand. And I said, I don't want to hold her hand. What if she doesn't hold my hand back? What if she moves her hand? So, like God can suggest again, no, hold her hand. So I reach over, and I grab Ashley's hand. And she grabs back. You know that pulse feel that, you, that she grabs back? Now, immediately I'm thinking the other two are going to be mad. But we walk down Main Street, holding hands, with my 18-year-old daughter at the time. It was so fun. It was so good that now the rest of the... Okay, who am I, I going to grab hand, hands next? Hannah, Abby. When am I going to get a hold of their hand? It was a great father day. Dad's every day is father day. You and Jesus got this. You and Jesus got this. Father, I pray a blessing over these men who are fathers, I pray that you would move them through this, the, the, the importance of getting their heart back, of getting oriented, and then getting in the fight for the hearts of their kids. Bless and encourage each one of these men that they have what it takes to love their kids to life. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. And would you just let them know that... I know that there are questions that you may have and, and answers that you'd probably want. Uh, one of the questions that came to mind is, where did you find anything for $10 at Disney? Um, that would be one of them. But, but the other question is, you know, regardless of what age your kids are, there is a chance to be a father. Um, there's still this work that God's doing in us and through us as dads, and, and I would encourage you to, to seek that out. Don't, don't be done. Um, keep in the fight. And so it's an invitation from our Heavenly Father to respond to being an earthly father the way that God designed us. So I'm going to ask us to, to stand, and Wayne's going to lead us in a, an invitation time. And, and I know that in this, this time where we're keeping distance, that it's a little hard to, to even come forward. But where you're at, if you would hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, this is what I want you to do as a dad, whether it's a, a big step or a small step, to walk into that and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do, that it would help me to be a great father, but bring glory to your name. And so let's spend a, a few minutes with God. And you talk to him and let him talk to you and settle some things. And if you would like to talk about responding to the invitation of God and salvation, I'd encourage you to stick around. There'll be several of us here to have that conversation with you if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Others of you may just want to talk about what it's been like being a dad in your context. And you may just want to talk that out with someone. There'll be several of us around that can, that can talk with you and maybe spend a few moments with you in, in walking that path a little bit. And so as God leads you this morning... Um, to have those conversations be open to him.
be open to him and what he wants to do in your life. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Oh, I am a child of God. Guys, thank you for being here this morning to celebrate Father's Day with us. Uh, don't forget to pick up the books and drop off the cards. Um, on each of the porches on the way out this morning. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for, for being our example, for fighting for us and inviting us to bask in who you are as the provider and the protector of your kids. And so, God, we pray that you would continue to speak to us, continue to stretch us and grow us, that we would bring honor and glory to you as we live out your design. God, we love you. We pray these things in the mighty and strong name of our warrior King Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, please do share it with others and check out our other ministries at ebcconnect.org.